Welcome to Ag Annex Talks, a podcast brought to you by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. Join the teams behind Top Crop Manager, Potatoes in Canada, Fruit and Vegetable, Manure Manager, and Canadian Poultry Magazines for compelling conversations with some of the most important voices in Canadian agriculture. Plug into high-powered protection with Miravis Prime fungicide from Syngenta. Miravis Prime delivers next-level control and confidence, protecting grapes, berries, and leafy greens against key diseases, so growers can preserve what matters most, yield and quality. Learn more at syngenta.ca. Always read and follow label directions. Hi, my name is Alex Bernard, editor of Fruit and Vegetable Magazine, and I'm speaking today with Angie Stratoff, Program Director with the Ontario Soil and Crop Improvement Association, or OSCIA. Welcome, Angie. Glad to have you. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So to start things off, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at OSCIA? Sure. As you mentioned, I'm the program director at OSCIA. So in that capacity, I manage the team that's responsible for delivery of our cost share programs, some elements of our applied research programming, and also some of our educational and outreach opportunities. So lots of activity, and we've got a really good, strong team that I get to work with every day. And I've been in this role for about four years, four and a half years now. My background is in soil science. So before joining OSCIA, I was actually an academic researcher in soil agronomic function. I was based in Europe for about eight years. I'm really looking at how different soil management practices that farmers were using were impacting the soil organic carbon levels that were in their fields and how that was impacting productivity uh, in those systems as well. So OSCIA is a pretty pretty good fit for you. It, it was a good fit. Yeah. In the end, uh, you know, after a few years in the research community, I, I was looking to get back to kind of more direct relationships with farmers, kind of more supporting the outcome of research findings than generating those findings myself. So yeah, I came a bit, bit full circle and ended up in the role I have now, which I'm really enjoying. Nice. So what drew you to soil science initially? Well, I grew up on a dairy farm in eastern Ontario, and I was always a lot more interested in what was popping up in the fields than what was necessarily going on in the milk house or the barns. So I decided to study environmental science more broadly, but my undergraduate courses that focused on soil formation and productivity were really more interesting to me than any other aspects of my studies. So when it came time to you know, choose a career path and continue my studies with a master's degree and then a PhD. It was really logical for me to focus on soil science because that's what I was most passionate about. So what aspects of soil science do you find most interesting? It's so complicated. <laughs> I, I think that's the thing that, that got me most interested in it and keeps me most interested in it is every time you think you know something, five more questions pop up about what could happen if you change some elements of how the soil is managed. Soil's at the same time really resilient and manageable, but also sensitive to change and responsive to management. So it means that, you know, there's a lot we have to understand about how we can impact change in our soils, but there's also a lot of gains that can be made just by following through on some of the, the findings that we make. 
Soil really functions at the interface of biology and chemistry and physics. And then you throw in a layer of agronomic management to that, and it gets really complicated, you know, trying to balance the the need for productivity in agricultural food systems with the priority to keep those systems sustainable and productive for as long as we possibly can. Soil science, it encompasses a whole lot. Yeah, it, it really touches on... I think every aspect of agriculture. So it's a really critical field, (laughs) no pun intended. (laughs) So what do you see as the biggest challenge in soil health in Canada or Ontario? So Ontario agricultural soils have lost on average 2% of their organic matter over the last 20 years. And soil organic matter is really the crux of material that keeps soil functioning and resilient in the face of stress. And 2% might not sound like a lot, but the most productive agricultural soils that we have tend to range from about 2 to 6% organic matter, depending on, on if their base material is, is sand, silt, or clay. So in the cases where you have something like 5% organic matter, a 2% loss is really substantial. So we're looking at at some soils in Ontario that have lost 50% of their organic matter in that time frame. And that really impacts the capacity that the soil has for long-term food production. There's a lot of reasons for the loss, but the outcome is the same. Basically, as soils lose organic matter, they become more prone to erosion, they have less capacity to store water and therefore store nutrients. And since soil organic matter is mostly made up of carbon, those those carbon-based materials are used by microorganisms in soil to kind of fuel their activities. So if you think about how, how critical microorganisms are for cycling nutrients through soil, when they become short on their food supply of carbon, they become more limited in their ability to cycle nutrients or prevent disease in crops as optimally as they would if they were well-fueled. So soil organic matter is is both a, a food source for soil microorganisms, but it also kind of makes an optimal habitat for them as well. It sort of glues soil particles together and gives soil structure and makes aggregates. And microorganisms, especially fungi, really thrive in a well-aggregated environment. So soil organic matter loss is probably the biggest challenge Ontario soils are experiencing, but it means that building back those levels is also our greatest opportunity. We know those soils have the capacity to hold higher levels of soil organic matter because they used to. So I think a good challenge and focal point for growers is kind of building back those levels as much as they can in in the name of soil resiliency. But how do we do that? (laughs) (laughs) That is the million dollar question. (laughs) Yeah, because it's it's not a straightforward process to, to add it back into the soil, is it? It's much, much, much easier to lose soil organic matter than it is to build soil organic matter. And that's just because of the chemistry behind what causes degradation of soil organic matter, which is basically when it's exposed to oxygen, it's more likely to basically oxidize and the soil organic carbon and be released as carbon dioxide. 
And alternatively, it takes a longer time to build because it's made up of decomposed plant material. And so it takes much longer to go from the plant structure that's basically it takes longer to go from what used to be a plant to what looks more like soil. And so that's where the challenge in in the time frame is going to come in because any practices that are beneficial for building soil organic matter really have to be implemented over the long term and implemented as part of a system that reduces loss as much as it supports additions of soil organic matter too. Changing tack a little bit. Tell me a little bit about OSCIA. What is it aiming to do? Sure. So OSCIA is a grassroots farmer member based organization with representation across the province. And it really has two fronts. So the first is member representation and local and regional association geared activities that support farmers in accessing research, connecting them with experts and extension resources, and a network of peers that might have the same questions or concerns or insight into farming practices that they do. So it's really a community in that sense and and an opportunity for others to connect and learn. And then secondly, we conduct program delivery. So we support both federal and provincial government-funded programs in reaching Ontario farmers. This could be through cost-share programming. That's where funds available from various levels of government could offset the cost of implementing a project on-farm. But there's also educational programming that we deliver, namely the Environmental Farm Plan, which is currently in its fourth edition. And finally, we also conduct applied research programs. So the biggest and current initiatives under our applied research programming are the Living Lab Ontario and the On-Farm Applied Research and Monitoring Program. And that's the one you are pretty closely tied to, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So my colleague, Tracy Ryan, runs the Living Lab program, and I liaise with the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs, as well as the Soil Resource Group and five different conservation authorities in southwestern Ontario to deliver the on-farm program. We have 25 farmer cooperators running soil health trials across Southern Ontario. And we have eight edge of field sites where surface water runs adjacent to a field where measurements are being taken. So we can learn a lot about soil health as it changes when the best management practices or or conventional management practices are applied in a system that we're studying. And we can also monitor the levels of nutrients leaving the field in the surface water at those sites as well. So it's really connecting a lot of systems that that are adjacent to the farmscape, which is pretty pretty critical. Yeah. Going back to the whole interlocking systems of soil science. Exactly. Yeah. We kind of covered the question of like what the soil health initiatives are. Is there something else you would like to talk about with that? 
Well, I think there's always lots of kind of smaller initiatives. There's the province-wide programs that I just mentioned, but then, of course, the local and regional associations are always running demonstration days or grower days where there's opportunity to, again, connect with other members of, of soil and crop associations in their area and also connect with experts who are who are brought in to discuss options for programming or options for soil health management. Now, if a grower is interested in getting involved, how can they? Yeah, there's a few different ways. You can certainly sign up for a mailing list that's linked on our website, and then you can get programming information right to your email inbox as it becomes available. But I'd really encourage people to consider joining their local soil and crop improvement association. That's where you're going to get a connection, not only from the local leadership for what's relevant for your area, but you'll you'll find out more about events and opportunities that's local to you and relevant for probably your own commodity type and your own soil type and climate zone. So certainly getting involved in the local initiatives is really important. And that peer-to-peer learning, it adds so much depth and, like you say, regional specificity to the more broadly applicable information out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, farmers learn best from farmers or or at least people who speak farmer. <laughs> and I think that's been recognized time and time again, you know, meeting farmers where they're at and and really understanding, you know, not only the practical limitations of what you might be recommending, but the financial limitations and kind of understanding what the regional priorities and and regional possibilities and limitations are is, is really critical. So I think that's why... Uh, a local perspective in balance with the opportunities that come through at the provincial level, because that's where funding kind of gets distributed from. And I think kind of balancing those two scales is where Ontario farmers really have a lot of possibilities and a lot of opportunity. Because you used to be on the research side of things, but you also grew up on a dairy farm and in an agricultural mindset. Have you had to learn to speak farmer coming back to OCIA? <laughs> yeah, I'm always learning because I, I mean, I think there's no one in agriculture who knows everything about agriculture, right? Like it's it's just, it's so complex and, and there's so many layers to it. And especially in Ontario, where we have a real diversity of farm type and farm size and, and management objectives, there's always ability to learn more. And I think I'm really grateful for the opportunities my position brings in, you know, learning more about commodities I, I might have never had some experience with or or more practical approaches that, that farmers are using that I might not have been exposed to in the research world. So what are a couple of soil management practices that you think every grower should consider? Well, I talked a moment ago about the concern I have for loss in soil organic matter. So it might not surprise you that I'm going to recommend any management practice that adds organic matter back to the soil or conserves the organic matter that's already there. So since, as I mentioned, it's in agricultural systems, it's most commonly sourced by decomposing plant material. That could be from the previous cash crop that was grown in the system, or it could be from a more recent cover crop that was planted. 
or it could be added from a, a source outside the field like manure or compost. But all of those practices support addition of organic matter back to the soil. And cover cropping and organic matter additions are, are kind of the lowest hanging fruit when it comes to building soil structure and increasing resiliency. And again, providing that fuel and those nutrients that microorganisms need to protect plants and, and keep them well-fed as well. So what is one soil-centric issue that horticultural growers should be more aware of? I think in horticultural systems, the main objective should still be to keep it covered. So in that sense, it's it's not that different from what we recommend to to other commodity types. Bare soil is just so susceptible to erosion and so susceptible to the loss of soil organic matter. So in hort systems, the cover can be living, it can be crop residue, it can be both. But in any of those sources, the objective is to reduce the physical impact that wind or water or field instruments have on the structure of the soil. And I think cover crop management in hort systems seems a bit intimidating, maybe because the science and, and the research hasn't been as accelerated as it has been in like corn, soybean, wheat rotations. But there are a lot of research initiatives in Ontario and driven and supported by OMAFRA in the Holland Marsh and the Niagara region, and also federally supported through the Living Lab program. So we're really trying to understand better how cover can be used in horticultural systems. And again, in a way that it doesn't take away from yield potential or impact profitability, but really works towards positive gains in those aspects of the system while minimizing erosion and building soil organic matter as much as possible as well. So yeah, I think cover in, in hort systems is kind of the next frontier and it's pretty exciting. There's, there's lots of opportunities and it's amazing how creative and, and innovative growers are with taking care of their soils. So, you know, obviously a lot of the inspiration we have when designing programs and asking research questions comes from growers themselves who, you know, flag the priorities and share the observations they're making at the field level. That's what really drives the insight we have into what to ask next and and kind of where to focus. So as much as growers can can share that with with their commodity organizations or with their local soil and crop associations or with research staff in their area, that really builds the base of of knowledge we can bring to the field too. And where can growers find more information on OSCIA and the initiatives? So I would definitely encourage people to travel to our website and there you can sign up to be an OSCIA member or you can sign up for our program's mailing list. You can also follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook and we post regular updates there for both programming and association activities. And I'd also encourage them to connect with their local client services team member. So that's going to be a field staff person whose contact information, again, they can find on our website who's most local to them. And by just reaching out to that person, they'll also be able to learn a lot more about what's going on in, in their region too. Is there anything else you'd like to add? 
I don't know if it's common knowledge that we're sort of at the start of a new agricultural policy framework called the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership. So we're all staying tuned to see what opportunities uh, come through under that framework. And, you know, with that opportunity in sight, I would definitely encourage people to find ways to connect and get updates from OSCIA because there's going to be a lot of opportunities, grower-centered opportunities in the near future. Thanks for tuning in to Ag Annex Talks, the podcast hosted by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. You can subscribe to Ag Annex Talks wherever you listen to podcasts or visit eggannex.com to catch up on all of our other episodes.